welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey, and this week we have a very special guest with us. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Jess. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to be talking about um, the 1997 Austrian film Funny Games, as well as the 2007 American remake by the same director. And I just want to say, grab your carton of eggs, your shotgun, your remote. Let's blow this kid away. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Did we not like it? guest with us, my best friend in the whole wide world, Katie. Um, <laughs> she, uh, God, she and I have been friends for, like, I don't know, 10 years now? Something stupid? At least. Not yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, and Jess has known her for even longer. Yeah, I mean, since we, uh, we met each other at Warp Tour in seventh grade, it's right? It's true. It's true. And she didn't like me. Stop. That's Stop. Tea. That's real tea. Stop. It, terrible first impression. Okay, listen. I was probably. I'm still here now. I like, was probably being a little bitch. <laughs> listen, they both probably were. They were teenagers. It's true. But we became amazing friends, and we have horrible MySpace pictures to prove it. Yes, and Jess and I have talked about her plenty of times on the podcast because Jess and I know each other through Katie. Um, it's a crazy circle. Yeah, it's a real crazy circle. Um, you guys wish you were a part of it. And, uh, so, uh, we wanted to bring her on for a very special episode, because this is our 10th episode. Woo! So, woo! 10 episodes, that's, I don't know, that's a milestone. I think it's cool. I think it's amazing. Um, and this, we specifically wanted Katie to be on this episode, um, because <laughs> at separate times in Jess and I's lives... Uh, Katie was with us, and we sat down to watch a movie, and Katie said, hey, you should watch Funny Games, and that title sounds, um, very non-threatening, and the movie is just a, a threat. I'm... <laughs> it... Katie. Katie. Why? Listen. Was this the movie We brought her like? on. Listen. You're gonna really like this. <laughs> we brought her on to explain herself. Did you not just watch a movie about a girl that fucked a car last week? Like, you're the bitches that I tell this stuff to because no one else is going to watch these movies with me but you and appreciate them. You know what, Katie? I did. I did. <laughs> it stuck with me. That's fair. She also showed me Tusk. True. I love Tusk. Changed me, like, from the inside. That's a perfect Ooh. movie. <laughs> I love it. That's Justin Long be... fucking deserved it in that movie. Yes. Justin Long, hi. <laughs> <laughs> you really liked her. I'm boobs. sorry that I said you deserved to die, but I oh. didn't mean it. Call me. <laughs> um. So, uh. Anyway, we decided to make this uh an episode where we brought Katie on because obviously it means a lot to all of us, and it is a fucked up movie, so we're excited to go through it. Um, we are going to mostly probably be talking, when we reference things, we're probably mostly going to be talking about the American version, which is the one most of us have seen. I did watch the Austrian version, um, like, in preparation, kind of, in the background, sort of, uh, just to kind of get a feel for how similar they really were. Um, but we will probably be talking about the American version mostly, and then I'll make some references to, like, the differences in the Austrian version. So... As Jess said, written and directed both by the same guy, uh, Michael Hanik, who is Austrian. Uh, the original film is in German and French, um, and it is a shot-for-shot remake. The original came out in 1997. Ten years later, Michael Hanik decided to remake his own movie. Um, in his words, he initially made the movie thinking that it would be popular among American audiences, um, but with two fairly unknown German actors, um, and with it being subtitled, he thought, well, that's why no one went to see it, so then ten years later he bought, he got two 
big names, Tim Roth and Naomi Watts, um, to play the lead actors in the movie and released it in 2007 to American, American audiences. And it still did not get the feedback or the recognition or the audience he wanted. It was still just not very highly regarded. Not a lot of people knew about it. Um, but I think it's great. And I think especially among horror fans, it's probably become some sort of a cult classic at this point. Absolutely. Um, just because of how fucked up it really is. Uh, but yeah, it really is a shot-for-shot shot remake. It's almost like Michael Haneke was like, hey, I made a perfect movie, but I want to remake it in English. Because, I mean, the framing of all the actors, the dialogue, I'll point out the very subtle differences, um, and I will cite my work as I do, because I did not watch them side by side, but I did read someone's essay that did watch them <laughs> side by side several times. So, uh, I will probably go through those. Uh, like always, I know I've been talking for a while, but like always, I always want to, uh, shout out, especially the American actors that I know a lot of our listeners are going to know. Like I said, Naomi Watts plays the mother. Um, most people in the world would know her from Mulholland Drive, of course, but horror fans know her from The Ring, obviously. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, the Ring and The Ring 2, two of the scariest movies ever. Well, absolutely. Well, first one's really scary. The first one is one. terrifying. The second <laughs> one's kind of hilarious. That's true. Yeah. It's so good, though. Oh, it's good. Yeah, you should watch the second one. Mm-hmm. It's it's more Samara being creepy. Um, <laughs> George, who is the dad, is played by Tim Roth who I know from Pulp Fiction. He was Pumpkin at the very beginning. <laughs> pumpkin and Honey Bun. Um, it's just weird to see him in not that role. Oh my gosh. His... I really like him as an actor. But in this role, I'm just like... Spoiler alert. A man gaslighting someone. His acting was so good that I hated him for it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yep, he's, he's great, though. Um, and then... Paul Peter Tom one the leader of the two guys I don't I'm not sure how to differentiate them the subtitles call them Paul and Peter so I guess Paul is played by Michael Pitt who has been in a million things but I know him as Mason Verger from the TV show Hannibal Mm -hmm. which Katie is a huge fan of excellent excellent fucking show oh my goodness (laughs) very very good show we loved it and but he's been in a lot of things and then Peter, who I'll probably call Tubby throughout this, because that's, that's what Paul calls him, is Tubby, because he's always eating. Um, same. Hard same. <laughs> his name is Brady Corbett. And I swear, this time watching through, I was convinced the entire time that this was the same guy from the first Purge movie, like the lead Purger guy. Oh, was it Because they look so similar. No! They're two different people. They have different chins. They do, but mm. I, like... <sighs> Yeah, because the one in The Purge has a very like, distinct crimson chin type chin. Anybody watch Fairly Odd Parents? Oh, oh of course. Crimson chin. What a chin wonder. Bing. So, Jesus, sorry. Um, Derailed. And then, respectively, the uh, German actors' names are Suzanne Lothar, Ulrich Mew, who were a real-life couple in... Um, in real life, until he died in 2007, rest in peace. Um, and then Arno Frisch and Mark Frank Gehring are the uh, two guys. The main differences between the actors who play the guys, uh, the first thing Katie said when she saw him, she's like, oh, they're not as cute. Oh, is that what you said, or is that what Jess said? No, that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> she was like, they're not as cute as the American ones. Is that terrible for me to say? I'm sorry, but they could get it, okay? I, yeah, they, I mean, Michael Pitt, I Michael love Pitt's him. Michael Pitt's pretty hot, I'll, I'll give you him. that. No, the other one is too, even with the unibrow. He's cute. Like, he I'm sorry. Oh, and I he's just him. so, he's so <laughs> eager to please, and I, I love know, that. I know, I hate that. He's like, such oh, a, try hard. Soy boy being a cuck or whatever. Yep. Oh, totally. Uh, definitely a cuckold. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, the main guy, the like leader in the German version is, um, I think he looks like a younger Adam Sandler. I don't I know did. why, yeah. just like based on his haircut and, but, um, and one of the main differences that I saw, it's kind of hard, I think, to uh, really... Um, analyze someone's acting in a different language because you just really don't know the cadences of that language and so you can't like I can't really 
say how good of the, the acting is in the German version, but what I will say is in comparison, the two boys in the German version compared to the American version, the American boys are very gleeful and happy to be doing what they're doing, and the German boys, it's a little more matter-of-fact. Right, um, it's like less emotion. But Michael Pitt and Tubby are having a real fun time. And that's what's so unsettling about the American version yep. for me, is it's just like, they are really fucking enjoying this, and it's yeah. disgusting. Yep. And they just always have some smirk on their face. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said that the American version was less unsettling because the actors were more well-known. Um, and I think in certain movies, like, especially found footage movies, having unknown actors helps put you in that place, like Paranormal Activity. Right. Um, Blair Witch, you yep. know, anything like that. Uh, VHS. Yeah, really but VHS, yeah. I don't know. In a movie like this, it doesn't matter because the acting, I mean, Naomi Watts' performance is so worth it. I don't care. I wouldn't want anyone else to put play her in this movie because her performance is incredible. Okay, so the... Like the overhead shot. Yeah, the overhead shot of yeah. them driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. It's just such a... Every... Every shot in this movie, it's another one of those movies that, like, it's beautiful but unsettling. Mm -hmm. And we get that from the very start with this opening scene. Um, Driving down the scenic highway, it looks like it's going to be a joyous, cute family vacation. And then they're flipping through to find a CD, and they put in the CD, and it's just like this screaming music out of nowhere. So that's actually the non-diegetic music. Um, So they're, like, playing the game with the classical music, and then while they're still, like, bopping along to the classical, then this, like, metal intro. Oh, yeah. Crazy, just straight screaming metal intro comes through. Oh, yeah. Like, opera. I think they're listening to, like, opera, like, a lot of classical. And the, like... And she's naming them, you know. They're trying to play a game where they're kind of guessing which... um, composer it was as yeah. they listen to it. See, that's why we brought her wrong, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah, uh, like just said, when that comes up, the big title card for the movie Funny Games, and it's just this very plain, all capital font in this bright-ass red. It's so bright, because a lot of the colors in that opening scene are greens, grays, browns, very mm-hmm. neutral tones, so that red really stands oh, out. Yeah. And it's, you feel the danger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and the, oh, it's... The music is very intense in that scene, and it scares the shit out of you. That music it drop, does. it gets me every time. It's also, I think, the only time that there is music throughout the movie. It's is the only non-diegetic, right? yes. The only other time that you hear music is when the people in the movie are playing music. Like, uh, later when Paul is looking for the kid in the neighbor's and house. He, and he, he plays the song. Absolutely. Okay. For but sure. yeah, that's one of the most unsettling things about this movie is there is no soundtrack. And there is a lot to be said about how comforting a soundtrack can be because certain music cues uh, tell you certain things that are about to happen or just like in moments that you want to feel calmer, that there should be calming music. You don't get that. It's just silence. And so many of his shots are just long shots, unbroken, where you're just sitting with the grief that is happening. And it's awful, but we love it. Yeah. Um, so they, the first, so they're heading to their, this little family. It's a mom, a dad, and a little kid. What's the little kid's name? Georgie. Georgie's dad. George Sr. and George Jr. Why is it that every little kid named Georgie in a horror movie has a tragic story? Oh, absolutely. The first thing I thought of was, was it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Poor little Georgie. Oh. Um, anyway. Oh, and a dog. They have a dog named yes. Lucky also. Lucky. He's part of the family. And the there old... were two different dogs. Yes. <laughs> um, they were. So in the uh, German version, it's a German Shepherd. And oh. in the American version, it's, I think, a brown lab. And in the German version, his name is Rolfie. Rolfie. And Rolfie. I love them all. I love all the dogs. Taking good boys. And then the poor babies. No. So they pull, anyway, so they're headed to their, uh, their little lake cabin type thing. They're obviously a pretty well-off family. Um, And they stop at their friend's house because they see them out, like, playing tennis or golfing or, I don't know, doing something. Something rich people do. Yeah, literally. (laughs) And uh, so they're like, oh, no fair, you're cheating because you're practicing and we're going to play tomorrow. And they're acting, like, really weird and, like, 
Oh, haha. Okay, bye. And there's these two guys standing in the yard with him. And when the family pulls away, Anne's like, who are those two guys? And George's like, I don't know, relatives? Who the fuck cares? Right. But they were acting really weird. And then the little boy, what's the little girl's name? Jenny. I knew you took down all the names. I love you. Um, So Jenny is the little girl of the neighbor family. And the little boy, Georgie, said, well, where's Jenny? I didn't see her. And um, they're like, yeah, she's probably just in the house. Which she is. Gaslighting. Whatever. Um, so, and I think it's really interesting because they, um, when they first pull up and they start talking to them, they can, it's almost like they can kind of tell something's up because then Naomi Watts goes, hey, well, can you help us with the boat in a little while? Can you help us get the boat out? Um, and the guy's like, yeah, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And it's almost like she knows. She's kind of trying to like give him an out. Like, yeah, like, hey. You know, someone's going to be looking for you in 20 minutes, so make sure you're there. Um, And, yeah, it just immediately gives you this, like, oh, God, what's what's happening? Just unsettling feeling in your stomach. And then I just wrote, good boy. (laughs) Because there was a good boy. Yes. Uh, Also, they have a really nice boat. Like, a really nice boat. I don't think I've ever seen a boat that nice. These people are rich as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's a sailboat that is just, like, so shiny. You know how you know they're rich? How do you know they're rich? They have a gate. Oh, oh my it's God. true. Yeah. Everyone At has their a gate. summer home. <laughs> they have a summer home. Period. <laughs> Period. That's They own something. <laughs> they own not one, but that the government's homes. not trying to take from them. <laughs> Must be nice. That's um, how you know. <laughs> so they come over and help with the boat, and even the kid is like, why is Uncle Fred acting weird? Yeah, Georgie knows what's up. He's still asking about Jenny. He's like, where is Jenny? I swear, I think he's in love with Jenny. And oh, he's yeah. just, like, looking for his girl. That's he's his like, girlfriend. Yes, yeah. he's like, where is Jenny? Which, and why is everybody being the weirdest, stiffest, like, creep-ass people I have ever met in my life? And no one's right. saying, And no one is acting weird? normal. Yeah, which makes that more traumatizing later when he, when he finds poor Jenny. Um, we're not going to do a spoiler free of this because it's been out for like the longest amount of time. You've had time. You've had time. You've had two whole movies to watch. Right. Um, so it's just, yeah, again, you are starting to realize even 10 minutes into this movie how the quiet scenes are just like, oh God, it almost, I guess if you're not a huge fan of these kinds of movies, it can almost be grueling to watch in some scenes because they just go on for so long where it almost seems like nothing's happening, but it's, I mean, that's what would happen in real life. You know, you'd be sitting there doing this thing on the boat for a few minutes, and it's these very long, unbroken shots where you're just sitting with this family and just, like, you feel like you can't escape because there's no editing and there's no cutting, and you're just, like, you're, like, no, cut away. Cut to a different angle. Cut to somebody else's face. I'm uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the long scenes just, it was almost unbearable. It makes it more effective in that yeah, way. Yeah, and it just makes you so uncomfortable because there's, like you said, no soundtrack, quietness. All we hear is, like, faded breaths, you know, and it's just, like, it's just really uncomfortable. It is really weird. Um, and then I think pretty much right after that is when uh, is when they come up asking for the eggs, isn't it? Yeah, so... Um, Naomi Watts' character, Anne, she's inside just kind of getting things ready, um, like chopping up meat. She's on the phone um, asking another friend of hers to maybe come over later, um, which I thought was kind of interesting because it's like, okay, there are people now that know that they're there and could possibly show up later, so you think maybe Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. I don't think that ever pans out, but I... um, Is that... So is the one she's talking to on the phone the same people that pull up in the boat later, or no? I think that might be different people. I think they might, because when the people in the boat pull up, they say, oh, I saw your boat. Yeah, so... There are multiple families. Multiple families around here that could be showing up, or also could be But you can tell this is just like... This is just like a one day, and they're just going through the neighborhood for as long as they can until they get discovered. Right, basically. Woo! Um, But yeah, and so then he, um, actually the son comes in, Georgie, and he says, there's someone here. Yep, and Georgie looks, he's like, there's someone here, but don't let him in. (laughs) Oh, he looks terrified. (laughs) And the guy just, like, 
fucking comes in, right? She oh, he's already in. inside. Yeah. No, oh, no, he's already standing inside the house. Yeah. That's a difference in the German version because he is standing outside in and that she one. Lets him she in. lets him in. And I will say in that one, she seems much warmer initially, whereas Naomi Watts is already annoyed with this guy the second he comes over. She's pissed. She's over he's got, it. like, dirty shoes and shit. Yeah, well, and he's obviously a fucking creep. Look at him. Look at the way he's standing. Oh, also, major difference for me in the Austrian version. Um, wow, that guy's shorts are really short, and I like it. Like, really short. Like, okay. extra short. And I, I, I really enjoy it. He's got long, long legs. Um, so, yeah, he comes over, and their whole thing, so they ask, he's asking for eggs. Yeah, that's their thing. They come over and they say, well, the person I'm staying with, who's your neighbor, whatever. It's their aunt. It's the, it's the Georgie's aunt and uncle. Is it? Or do they just call him Uncle Fred? Maybe, maybe they just call, he calls like, him, yeah, maybe yeah. he just calls them Uncle Fred. Because I think it's just like a very close friend But it's even Fred. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess maybe they don't necessarily have to be yeah. really his uncle. Because I think he's in love with Jenny. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't think about that at all. That makes no sense. Oh, yeah. my God. So I think they're just, like, friends of the family, and they just, you know, because sometimes you just call it, hey, it's Uncle Fred, or, you know, whatever. Um, so, Katie. Wow, Katie. <laughs> uh, so he comes in, he asks for the eggs, she gives him the eggs, and then he immediately drops all four of the eggs, like, on the floor. And she does not clean them up well at all. Just it takes her forever. Yes. Uh, and she's so fucking annoyed. <laughs> so annoyed immediately. And she's like, well, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, give me four more eggs. <laughs> he's such an asshole. I know. And he was even like, well, you, you've got four left after that. Or am I wrong? And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> you fucking fuck. Right. Like, okay. So you're going to harm me. It's so condescending, too, because... He acts so polite. Like, it's disguised as politeness. Yes. But the tone is just all wrong. Yes. And then, uh, so she goes to hand him four more, and he goes, no carton. And she is so fucking over this dude. I love Naomi Watts' face acting. I think she's great. She's just over this fucking guy. Uh, and so he takes the four eggs, and he fucking drops them again. <laughs> And I even wrote in at this point in my notes, why am I so unsettled? Oh, shit, there's no score. That's why. Yeah. Like, there's no sound. Really long scene of this really creepy dude trying to just stand there as long as he can and fucking keep dropping these eggs. And he doesn't care how awkward it is, which makes it more awkward. I know. And he loves that tension. Yes. It's like what fuels him. He's a little energy vampire. He's gross. Yes, he sucks. Um, then Paul shows up. Yeah. So then she comes back to clean it up, and Paul's just standing there. He just showed up. And, um, oh, and we did forget at one point, she, like, asked the guy, like, how'd you get in here? Because they obviously have a gate around their property. And he says he got in from, like, a hole in the fence, which comes back later. Mm-hmm. Important hole in an important fence. Important hole. <laughs> All holes are important. Especially um, this hole. So then, the one of the worst parts of the movie for me, because he, mm-hmm. the Paul's like, hey, who is Michael Pitt, um, he goes out, or he asks if he can take the club. And from the very beginning, one thing that we kind of mentioned uh, earlier is they're calling each other different names. So they'll call each other Paul or Peter or Tom. And they'll change it up, like, even in the same sentence. He'll, like, he'll be like, Paul, come over here, Tom. And he, it's so, like, they don't even mention it. Like, no one even says anything, but it's so, you're like, what the fuck is going on with these guys? Yeah. And so that's why it's kind of hard to figure out what to call them and who you're differentiating between. But, I mean, it's the leader, Michael Pitt, versus Tubby. I like Tubby. He's always eating. Always. That's the thing. This guy always wants food. I'm literally staring at those chocolates thinking the same thing. So, um, that's the only thing I can relate to, to be honest. <laughs> Jesse, Jess, Jesse, Jess brought, uh, little chocolates for us. Little chocolates with horror characters on them. It's awesome. They were so good. Yeah, shout out to Tony, my friend Tony. Um, Tony, he works at Goose the Market. And I went there to see him today and he's like, I have some chocolates that you'd like. And he's like, there's only two boxes left. And he brought them to me. <laughs> That's Amazing. Awesome. I love you, Tony. They're so delicious. Yes. Anyways. 
so, um, anyway, it's very unsettling when they're talking to each other and calling each other different names. And, um, then she's like basically telling them to get the fuck out of her house. And the husband comes back in and is like, oh, what's going on? Don't overreact. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. Um, and she's like, maybe I have my reasons. Kick them the fuck out. Like, give them their eggs. Get them the fuck out of here. And... Woman's intuition, man. She fucking knew from the second she saw that boy. So did that little boy. Yeah. Kids' intuition, yeah. man. They're, they're fucking intuitive. Guess who's not? The man. Well, so they're still being polite as of now. And then George and Paul get into a little thing and George slaps him. And then so they beat him with a club. They break his leg. And it's fucked up. Really fucked up. So now the man of the house is incapacitated because his leg is broken. And the, uh, this is when, quote, the games start. Because then Paul's asking, well, you can just pick up your cell phone and call. Why don't you? Why don't you tell him why you pick up your, why don't you pick up your cell phone? And it's because... Peter, or Tubby, or whoever, had, uh, knocked her phone into the water, so now it's not working, and George forgot his cell phone in the car. This is another difference between the German one and this one, is in the 1997 version, it's a cordless landline, and of course they changed it to a cell phone for 2007, because it makes more sense. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I said, everything else about this fucking movie is the same. So, yeah, this is, they switch from that, they're still overly polite, but you can tell they're like, okay, this is the point where the bad stuff starts happening, basically. And, um, he keeps telling him, he's like, Tubby's in med school. (laughs) And and Tubby comes up, he's like, will you please take off your pants? (laughs) Because he, like, wants to inspect his leg. He's not in none of that. They just make shit up. They're just so, they're insane. Yeah. Yes, they are. Tubby's in med school. Dr. Tubby. Dr. Tubby. (laughs) No, well, so then when they're standing there talking to him, that's the next game they play. They say he pulls a golf ball out of his pocket and says, what is this to George? It's a guessing game. What is this? And he rolls it toward him. And George says, it's a golf ball. Because at one point, Paul had taken one of the clubs out. He's like, oh, can I test this club? I'll hit the ball toward the water. Um, and he comes back, and he's still got the golf ball. And he goes, Tubby, why do I still have the golf ball? Katie? Okay. Am I Tubby? Do you know no! What you- oh! <laughs> no! I thought you to talk about this part. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, he says... <laughs> You're not Tubby. <laughs> I thought that I, you were saying, I, am I supposed to be him? No, yes. No, I so, thought you were to talk about it. Yeah, so he goes, uh, Tubby, why do I still have the golf ball? And he's like, because something stopped you. And he's like, overly gleeful. So he's like, I know the answer to that. I got it right. He's like, because something stopped you. And then that's when you realize that um, the dog had been barking, and then it stopped barking. That's when you realize that the thing that he hit instead of the golf ball was poor baby Lucky. Or Rolfie. Or Rolfie. Yeah. Yeah. It's even worse because he makes Naomi Watts um, play hot and cold to find the dog also. (sighs) And it's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in my life in a movie, honestly. It's really fucked up. Yep. And then the dog just kind of falls out of the car. Uh, This is the first fourth wall break that we get. Um, because while he's, like, playing the hot and cold game, Michael Pitt just looks back at the camera and winks. Um. I love it. And, yeah, that's my favorite part of this movie, is the fourth wall breaks. It really is. It's, it's so creative. Yeah. I absolutely love it. That paired with the, the just quietness and uncomfort and raw emotion of the movie. It's just so good. Yep. Um, and then they go out to the boat dock at one point because their other friends on a boat pull up. And, um, now those friends have seen them here. And you can see Michael Pitt's brain working, Paul. And he asks the people, he's like, oh, uh, you live in that, that white house over there covered in all the, the vines? And they're like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, nice house. You know who they're going after next. Absolutely. That just, you're like, you just sealed your fate. It's just a vicious cycle yep. with these guys. 
And, you know, their whole thing, they're trying to be, quote, polite. That's their whole, the politeness is their whole thing. It's, but it's, it's not. You know, they're just, they, their tone, whatever. I hate them. I hate them so much. Me too. And then they, they ask, why are you doing this? And Paul looks at him and he goes, tell me, why are we doing this? Toby goes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's which is why he's doctorate. There's, there's this one line where he just goes, which is why he's gay and a criminal. <laughs> Basically just making Same. up continuous. <laughs> <laughs> making up different lies over and over again. Just He's like, he's like, does that make you happy if I say this? Like, are you happy now? Yep. He's like, oh, and he's also a drug addict. And he's like, no, he's not a drug addict. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I literally wrote, why is this so funny? Because it's so fucked up, but I'm also cracking up at the same time. It's... It's truly just so weird that they're they're just strange dudes, man. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's it's just very very fun for them. And that's um, this is one of my favorite fourth wall breaks because I had I have a different feeling about it every time I watch this movie. He so he says, "I'm going to make a bet with you guys. We bet that you'll be dead in 12 hours and you bet that you'll be alive in 12 hours." And then he turns back to the camera and he says, and he's talking directly to the audience, and he goes, what do you think? You're probably on their side. And the first time I watched this movie, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm on their side, you fucking 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 hate you. And then also, Michael Pitt's eyes are really pretty. Um, they are. So I might just be on his side at this point. Also, I don't want to take that bet, because I know they're going to be dead in 12 hours. Yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> They've clearly done this before. Clearly about to do it again. Yes. And, uh, yeah, some, somebody says something about Fred and Eve, and it's clear that the family somehow still thinks Fred and Eve are alive. Honey. So stupid. They and, saw them with these guys. How did they not put two and two together? They've been dead for so long. Just the most amount of time. Um, and at one point they <laughs> one of my favorite funny lines is they're talking to each other. And one of them goes, okay, Tom. And the other one goes, okay, Jerry. <laughs> and they've been calling each other different names the whole time. But Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I love it. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then they play another game. Because this movie's all about games. Oh What's this game called? Cat in a Bag. Yay! Ugh. What's this game about? This game is where <laughs> the uh, main man, I'm, I'm going to say Paul, he basically puts Georgie's head in a, is it a sack? Pillowcase, Pillowcase, yeah. pillowcase. Um, and that is so that they are able to ha make Naomi Watts' character take her clothes off in front of them without making anyone uncomfortable. Because that's obviously the thing that Anne's worried about the most at this oh, yeah. point, is her son seeing her take her dress off. Yep, because right. that's, I mean, that's clearly the only weird part about this is if the kids that's it. what's making her uncomfortable and oh yeah their whole thing is because somebody why did they get talking about jelly rolls well he's talking about tubby eating so much food he oh, says yeah. that's not attractive and he says do you think Anne wants to see you like that she has a beautiful body she doesn't have jelly rolls and tubby says i beg to differ and so they so, basically are he's proving to tubby that Anne's body is banging. Banging. And it is. I and mean, it is. Naomi Watts yes. is a beautiful fucking woman. She's like, she's 39 in this. And at one point they guess her age. They're like, I don't know, 30 to 37. And she is 39. God, she looks great. She looks incredible in this movie. She no does. jelly rolls were, un they were confirmed. Yep, no, confirmed. Jelly rolls. no jelly rolls. Confirmed. Um, cool. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. And at one point, another. Fourth wall break without it being a fourth wall break. Uh, I think it's Naomi Watts. Maybe George is like, why are you, or why don't you just kill us already? And Tubby says, you shouldn't forget the importance of entertainment. They're playing up to an audience. They know they are being filmed. They know that this is filmed. They know they're in a movie. And they're they going to make it a good one. Yeah, they're going to make it a damn good one. Yeah. And I just, I really like that. Because isn't that what we're always here for in horror movies? I mean, the whole time you're like, oh, I hope she stands up and she just shoots him in the face and 
gets away, and you're like, that wouldn't make a movie. <laughs> right. So, you know, in a sense, you kind of are always on the killer's side because you want the movie to continue. And, uh, yeah, just don't forget the importance of entertainment. Um, and at one point, he, somebody is in, like, Naomi Watts' face or something, and I just want her to rear her head back and just smash her face into his face. Like, I would headbutt him so hard, I might get a concussion. But it'll hurt him, too. I, yeah. I would break my fucking nose on his face. I'm a headbutter. I'm also, could, like... I'm also a biter. I swear to God, if, some, if I was in that situation, I would not be afraid to bite and gouge and... And the thing is, if this I would, movie... I would go out yeah, I for sure. If this movie didn't have a kid character, I could think of a million different ways for these two people, at least one of them, to get out of the scenario. To fight... And at least get one person out, you know? But with the kid, you can't just run. Like, you... That's exactly what I was going to say. The The big reason why she doesn't do a lot of those things, I think, is because she's putting Georgie's safety first and, and really more focused on him getting out of there than she is herself. Yeah. And wanting to make sure that he is safe. Yeah. Absolutely. Because then right after that... Um, Georgie escapes. Georgie escapes. Yeah, yeah. They, the parents like kind of you know maneuver. Where he so. pees his pants. Yes. And um, so, in in the uh, I'm sorry, I swap of trying to get his pants off because they're disgusted by this, he slips out and gets out a window and takes the hell off. And unfortunately, runs to Fred and Eve's um, again, thinking they might be alive. That's he finds Jenny. Yeah, yeah. there's Jenny. She's been dead. The whole movie, like, since before the movie started, she's been dead in the bathroom or on the floor somewhere. And this kid's performance is honestly spectacular. Like, I don't know how old this actor was at the time, but, like, I believe him. I mean, he is just horrified to find this. He's he's crying. I mean, got his face, like, his scared faces, Mm -hmm. like, stick with you. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for a kid, he just does such a good job. And they're... I know several times Katie pointed out, Naomi Watts, she put her whole fucking self into this role. She's got snot drips in several points. She is fucking owning every moment. I mean, chewing the goddamn scenery. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a sucker for a snot drip, okay? (laughs) If you get a snot drip for me as an actress or an actor in a movie... Like, chef's kiss. Yes. I love that. I didn't love know that it. about you. Oh, oh, love it. We like it, <laughs> we like it drippy. Uh, this kid uh, sucks at hide and seek. Oh, my God. I wrote that, too. I wrote my notes. I was like, why can this kid not find a place to hide? He, like, is just standing in a doorway, like, behind a cabinet, kind of, but... Like, I don't understand. Like, he stands beside a dresser yes. at this point. Not behind a no, door, not, not behind under a bed. It, beside it. Beside You're a dresser. You're a child. There are so many places but yeah. that you can squeeze. Like, what? And that's, like, the best game. Like, are you kidding? My dog can play hide-and-seek better than you can. Also, my dog knows how to play hide-and-seek. I just wanted everybody to know that. My dog barely knows how to not shit on the carpet. Your dog has no thoughts behind those eyes. Both of them. Just love. Just love. <laughs> love, happiness, and farts. <laughs> um... So, I love that scene when the kid gets away, because it's like, the parents, you can almost see a little bit of relief. Because at this point, I think they're both like, I don't care if I die, but like, can Georgie please live? Uh, And like, that's just, that's every parent's thing. And Paul, of course, goes after Georgie. Um, This is the only other music we get in the film. Um, But yeah, you can just tell they're like, really happy that their kid got away, but they're like, God, please run far and he does not. Yeah, their relief was incredibly short-lived, unfortunately. Yeah, because then he starts playing that really loud metal music, and then, of course, he finds the kid. Because why wouldn't he? Because he's a terrible hider. Yeah. Great actor. Terrible hider. Great actor. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then, uh, oh, what happens after that? Well, they get he gets them back on the yep. couch, and mm-hmm. also, at one point, Georgie gets a gun in the other house, which he points at Paul, but when he shoots it, there's no ammo. Oh, I um, Devastating. So devastating. When they get back, um, he mentions this as a new toy that Georgie has gifted them because they didn't have a gun before, now they have a gun. So they get the family all sitting down on the couch, they bring out their new toy, and it's time for another game. When did they get the shotgun? 
in 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 Jenny's house. Oh, is it a shotgun? Yes. But he's, it, yeah, that's why am I picturing him with a handgun? No, it's a shotgun. Yes, it's a tiny little boy with yeah, like a giant yes. shotgun. Yes. I had that in my head wrong. Yes. Because they already had a knife, mm-hmm. which they didn't really need much. Knife's later. Knife's, oh, knife is later. Yeah, because they had the golf club up till that Golf point. club was first. Yes. Spoiler. Um, so, uh, <laughs> then they play Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. And Paul, Peter, count, Tubby counts him out. And while he, right after he counts him out, we don't know who he landed on, um, or what happened, but because we get this really long unbroken take of Paul in the, um, kitchen making a sandwich or something. Yes, um, he asks him to make him food. Tubby's asking for more food. He's asked multiple people at this time, uh, to make him food. Go get me some food. Um, (laughs) relatable, man. That is the one thing that I relate to with that fucker is just... He's always hungry. It's that like me that... looking at your Cheetos over there. Listen, it's the second time I've referenced what I'm looking at in your house. <laughs> food bus. I got a lot of food in my house. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's what I relate to is always being hungry. He's like that um, one Dalmatian and a hundred and one Dalmatians. <laughs> it's always like, but mother, I'm hungry. <laughs> And I love that one. So cute. Such a cute, sweet movie. Maybe we should watch that after this. Um, Right. So when there's this really long, unbroken shot of, uh, I wrote Mason because of Mason Verger, Um, when Paul's in the kitchen, we hear this gunshot, and he doesn't even react. He just keeps making the sandwich. He doesn't move. Um, And then slowly, God, it's an excruciating amount of time before it finally cuts back to the room that they're all in on the couch, and he finally figured out figure out who got shot because you don't know because you don't see any of it and then you finally cut back to that room and oh little georgie's body oh yeah on the he's floor. and his blood is everywhere. on the tv it's everywhere the tv which is a um on a nascar race yes it is yeah. um and so the only sound you hear through all of this is the announcers on a fucking nascar race and that yeah. is like that's the thing it scores like 10 minutes of this movie it's just, like, everything, all these awful things happening, and the entire time is unbroken takes of this fucking announcer at a goddamn race car race. It's, it, oh my god, I can't believe it. Um, no kidding. Anne gets up, she's duct taped by her hands and her feet, but this girl hops up just so she can get over there and turn the TV turn off. Turn the goddamn TV off, I would too. Because um, they leave. After they shoot the little boy, they leave for so long. They go to get food. Peter's like, I'm hungry too, dude. Let's get out of here and get some grub. Ugh. What do you think they got? Wingstop. I don't know. <laughs> wings sound good. That sounds good. That does sound good. Yeah. So, canon, <laughs> they got ate. wings. <laughs> um, yeah, we literally just ate. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. So, this, that, the take of her getting up and getting to the fucking TV and then standing back up is so excruciatingly long. And then she runs into the kitchen to, like, or hops, hops hobbles into the kitchen. Into the kitchen for a knife. For a knife so she can, um... A knife! Know, a knife! <laughs> no! Uh, so she can cut herself free, and it's this... I mean, what is it, five straight minutes? At least. Of one shot of George where it doesn't move, doesn't break, and he doesn't move, and he's just sobbing. Because it's, you know is kids in pieces on the other side of the room. Um, so that's... It's really hard to watch. It is. It's almost... It's so unsettling. It's grueling to watch, because yeah. you just sit there and sit there. And you get no reprieve whatsoever. Anne cuts herself free and, like, runs up and, like, throws her arm around him, and she's like, I'm so, you know, I'm sorry, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. They're, like, comforting each other yeah. and just sobbing and just, it's, it's, it's just heart-wrenching. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't even imagine having to just go through what they went through. And then have to, like, get yourself out of it and... Because, I mean, even though I'm sure they're both broken down and, like, what's the point, they also still have a partner that they love that they're trying to take care of. And, oh, God, it's just such a fucking sad movie. What the fuck? It is. Um, And tries to get his busted ass up to the front door, but my man's leg is fucked. So <laughs> My fucked. man's leg is they have kicked it. They have stepped on it. Like, he can't walk for shit. He knows that he is not going to be able to run out of this. There's no way. And one thing that pisses me off. So, 
they have the cell phone. It's like an old flip phone. And they keep taking the battery out and putting it back in. And when they put the battery back in, the phone turns on, but they can't hear anything. So then they keep blow-drying the battery. Blow-dry the goddamn mic. Where are you fucking... Oh my god, it pisses me off. Blow dry any other part of the phone other than the battery. The battery's fine. It's turning on, you dumbass. Also, wouldn't you think if they called 911 and at least it went through, even if they couldn't hear anything, if they left it or even started pressing buttons or something so it would beep at them, like they would be like, this is out of place. We should check this out. Yes, because that's what 911 does. Yeah, people. there are people that call 911 and can't say a thing. Yeah, and they just track your location. And I guess even in 2007, like, if they just started talking into the phone, like, maybe someone's hearing them. Like, hey, this is where I live. And I think they tried that maybe once, but they just, I don't know, they just give up really fast. Um, Frustrating. One thing that was weird in the Austrian version that is obviously very, very different in the American version, um, cultural difference, is that they, like, at one point, the couple struggles to remember the number for emergency services because it's like a real number and that would make absolutely no sense in an american film because even foreigners know 911 oh yeah isn't that crazy like yeah. we would never in a million years be like in any sense of anything other than the worst joke of all time what's the emergency number like what's the number for 911 like everyone knows right like, it, it, so, of course, they had to take that out. I don't know what they added in, but that wouldn't make any sense in this movie. But... Anne does ask who they should call. Oh, my God, that's true. Which made me laugh so hard the first time I watched this. Um, her husband's like, call someone. And she says, who? <laughs> and I wrote, bitch, 911. Ghostbusters, my dude? <laughs> like, what are you talking oh, about? <laughs> It's a dumb oh, man, fucking question. It. <laughs> yes, it is a dumb fucking question. And then she pukes. She, like... She does. Uh, oh, what she felt. <laughs> yeah, she, like, looks back in the room, and then she just, like, vomits. I don't understand when people vomit like that, and they vomit into their hand. Like, just vomit on the floor. Why do you want it on your hand? It's gonna get on the floor anyway. There's blood everywhere. Just fucking vomit Just on the floor. fucking vomit. Wait, it's on your hand now. Now your hand smells like vomit. Gross. Your life's already, your day's already ruined. Just vomit on the floor. Who, why did I write, who edited this? That's what I wrote at some point. Probably because those fucking long one takes that just go on for an endless fucking amount of time. But I really like them. I do too. I feel like, I don't know, maybe Mike Haneke, Hanik, um, fucking edited this shit because... It's unsettling and upsetting, and I, I love it, but also, god damn it. <laughs> so, we, like, we finally get to a point where we feel like maybe a little bit of safety and security. Oh, for sure. Just Anne, for a moment. Anne escapes. Yeah. You think everything's going to be fine. Gets She's out of the fence. Running down the street, looking for help, and then we... Run, bitch! <laughs> we cut to a scene of George Sr., um, he actually gets up just enough so he can cover Georgie's body with a sheet. Because um, oh, I'm sure really sad. he's tired of looking at that. And then all of a sudden, a golf ball rolls in the room. Because like, the boys are back. And who do they have with boys them? Boys are back in town. Boys are back in They have, uh, have Anne. <laughs> because she didn't make it that far. No. She did not. No. There's like this one part where she's running... And it's always the same, like, I've seen it in a lot of horror movies where somebody gets away and they're running down the street and you see headlights in the distance and you think to yourself, do I chance it and wave them down and hope it's someone who's going to help me? Or do I hide and assume it's the people I just got away from? And, oh, it's so fucked up because she, like, hides behind a tree at one point and it's not them. So she tries to wave them down. Oh, it's devastating because I and I love that in horror movies I've seen it in quite a few and I just I, I really love that tension of like do you chance it do you hide do you like is it them is it well what would you guys do that's the thing like in that situation fucking probably hide like she did I would hide the whole time I would yeah. absolutely I think hide. I would find somewhere and like bury myself for like 12 hours yeah but then your husband's gonna die okay that's a risk I'm willing to take <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> See, I'm thinking, like, 
One of us has some... to live. It's not the point if we're both fucking dead. <laughs> See, I'm thinking, like, no, I gotta get back to my job. I gotta get back to my baby. Well, I don't have a love interest. See, and um, that's why. Because my just... husband got money. <laughs> then he can die. Well, get... This is... Casey, this is... Hypo- I'm talking about a hypothetical husband. Well, they do you have, have a lot of money. That family does. Clearly, they are very well off. Yeah. My, uh, my, hy- my hypothetical husband can... He's already got a leg broken. He's fine. He's like a horse. Just put it yeah, down. Yeah, just <laughs> honestly. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Katie, this show gets fucked up. Jeff, are you listening to this? <laughs> I'm not putting you down, Jeff. I love my baby. Um, there's oh, there's just this sad moment where the dad like oh. picks up a piece of bread because they clearly haven't eaten in like God knows how long. And uh, he starts chewing it. He can't even. He just takes it out of his mouth. He can't even swallow. He's so sad. I'm just. I'm just so sad for him. But anyway, yeah. Then the golf ball rolls back into view. We're all back. Anne's here, and she brought a knife. <laughs> well, she had a knife, and yeah. now that's a part of their game. Yep. So somebody brought a gun. Somebody brought a knife, and now they have two new toys. Yay! Ugh. Um. They ask Anne to recite a prayer. And if she can say it all the way through without making any mistakes, she gets to choose whether George Sr. is murdered with a gun or a knife. So then she gets the other one. So she gets to pick how they die. Um, do you know any prayers by heart, Jess? Do I? Yes. <laughs> is that a, supposed to be a funny joke? No. I really... I was raised Catholic. I know a million prayers. I know the Our Father by heart. Um, no, because I had a really complicated relationship with religion, and I feel like when I was in high school, I was in a cult. A very cult-like, religious... You know, Katie. Oh, I name felt drop. <laughs> Z Knox. Z Knox. So oh, I have, I think, out of trauma, repressed a lot of that. Oh, from same. my mind. Like I just said. So I, I didn't go to church really as a kid, so I don't have that early on knowledge. So everything I learned was like at that time in my life. So I don't have any of that. Yeah, speaking of trauma, like I said, I was raised Catholic, which <laughs> is why I have no religion now, because I was forced into it as a child. And Ugh. Catholicism is a literal cult. I um anyway so we're all fucked up so but anyway when he said that i was like oh my god i know so many i could say the our father like immediately like i i know all so many fucking prayers i know like now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep what's the one you couldn't even say soul, right soul, soul, soul to keep, soul yep. to keep. Yeah. it like literally rejected from my mouth it was yeah. like no it's like you would fail this game no yes. what's the one that uh peter says um I love you, God, with all my might. Please keep me safe, safe all through the night. So that's the one that Anne actually goes with because she can't come up with one. She's like you, Jess. Uh, they ask her to recite her prayer, and she says, I don't know one. And so Tubby actually provides the prayer. What and she's got to sell it. sweet guy. Thank you for the prayer, dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, does she recite it first? Or does she, does she, so she does recite it. She recites it, and then he and asks her to recite it backwards. Yes. While she's can. in the middle of reciting it backwards, she grabs the shotgun Ugh. off the table and blows Tubby away. Shoots him in the chest at, like, point-blank range oh, with this big-ass shotgun, dude. He hits the wall. There's blood everywhere. And Paul immediately goes, no! He says, where's the fucking remote? Where's the, where's fucking, the remote? fucking remote? He's running around frantically trying to find the remote control. And then he rewinds the fucking movie. He rewinds the fucking movie. Literally rewinds the movie to the point where she's saying the prayer so that when she grabs the gun, he grabs it from her. And then he says, you shouldn't have done that, Anne. <laughs> and I wrote on, like, seven lines in all capital letters, FUCK! That is the craziest plot twist I, in this movie. I oh loved it. I loved every second of it because you're, so like, pissed off. It is just proving that these, these guys are always in control. 100%. Always, always, always. No matter what you think, no matter how far away you think you've gotten, they are in control. Like, and, your life is now a horror movie. Oh, my God. I literally wrote cheater. Cheater. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. 
Um, also, he hits the volume down button, not the rewind button. If you pay attention to the um, oh, button yeah, that I he presses that. on the remote control, he hits the volume down button. Oh, scandal. I know, right? <laughs> but it worked, so, like, whatever. Fuck you. Maybe life's remote is different than our TV remotes. I don't know. I life's remote. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's like Click, but better, because that movie sucked. Yeah. Sorry. I love Adam Sandler. That felt weird to say, but that movie sucked. Um, anyway, so then, yeah, he shoots George. That's her punishment yep. for, uh, trying to shoot Tubby. Actually succeeding to shoot Tubby. But then... But then getting it revoked. Time got reversed. <laughs> reverse, reverse. And I love it. Uh, I don't love reverse, it. Reverse, I love to hate it because they grab Anne and take her to the boat, um, to set sail because it's almost morning, and he says, bring the widow over here. Bring the widow. So she doesn't oh. get lonely. It's so sad. Because they, like, they have her bagged and tied in the boat. And so they're just, they literally are taking their boat. And he says, tell me what time is it? And it's 8 o'clock, which is one hour from their 12-hour bet. And it's such a long take of them in this boat just sailing across the fucking lake. And it is so sudden. Peter just leans over, gives her a little kiss on the head. And pushes her out of the boat into the water. Like, barely even touches her, just knocks her back into the water. Mid-conversation. She, she, her hands are tied, her feet are tied. And he says, ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. And her, she's got a sack over her head. She ain't getting out of that. She goes on the kill count for sure. Absolutely. There's no way. Yeah. It's, and they were just having a, like, a normal-ass conversation. They are sociopaths. They were talking about the weirdest shit that did not even make sense to me. Also, he's talking about, like, the metaphysical universe and, like, getting very deep and intellectual. I didn't look into, like, what exactly they were talking about and what it means. Yeah. Um, but, like, Tubby's just going on this weird rant about either a book or a movie that he's reading or watching yeah. and kind of explaining it to Peter. But they're just, like, having this very casual conversation about this. And then yeet. And then he yeets her out the boat. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's awful, and I love it. Oh, yeah, because he says, because then Tubby's like, what? She had almost an hour left, and he's like, I'm getting hungry. And that wasn't even Tubby said that. No, Tubby's like, yeah, me too. You're yeah, right. Too. <laughs> so then you know where they're sailing over to. They're going right over to that white brick house with all the vines all over all it. All the vines. And the one they scouted out earlier in the day. And he knocks on the door. He's like, oh, you don't remember me. You saw me with Anne earlier. And he, they always correct themselves. They'll say Anne, and they'll say, oh, Mrs. Whatever. And I don't know exactly what that signifies or why they do that, why they say the first name and then start to correct themselves. Do you think it's their politeness routine? For yeah. Sure. They're trying to show off that they're polite. They're like, oh, but no, they're not also Anne. close to them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that they know they're on a first name basis, but it's more polite to do a missus. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. you guys. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then, yeah, he looks, doesn't he look at the camera and then it freeze frames? Well, he asks for some eggs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's like, oh, you saw me with Anne. Um, she needs some eggs. Can I come in and get some eggs? And she, you know, leaves to get the eggs and he kind of like looks around the apartment or the, the, the condo kind of like surveys it and then looks over at the camera and just gives a little wink. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then freeze so frame creepy. on his face. And, and that, that crazy fucking yep. music comes <laughs> through. <laughs> yep. Amazing. That's exactly what it sounds like. Thank you. It was I've actually been on like it. a really good impression. I'm obsessed with that. You can you can play that over and over again. You just have to give me some of the profits. Yes. <laughs> For all the money it's going to make. Oh, my God, yes. Um, see, uh, uh, that is the end of the movie. And like we said, it is shot for shot of the first one. Um, there's, like, like I mean, I've, I've named all the differences. The cordless landline versus the cell phone, not knowing the emergency number, um, and then having known versus unknown actors, which... Michael Haneke really, really wanted uh, some known actors, and when he decided to make the American version, he only wanted Naomi Watts to play the part of Anne because of her part in Mulholland Drive and how big she was at the time, and um, just how much, yeah, how much he really liked her and valued her as an actress, and so then he brought on Tim Roth, uh, which I think was another really great choice. I think they just really put great performances in. Apparently, there are, like, a lot of other directors who have remade their own movies. I don't... What? What's up, guys? Did you not like the first one? <laughs> Maybe they get, like, 
a better idea or they re I mean, I know as like I went to hair and I'm an art student, you know, by nature, I hate everything after I make it. So right. maybe they just watch it enough times that they're like, this sucks. I need to do a better job. Right. I don't know. Do it until you hate it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, one of the other shot for shot remakes, uh, horror remakes that I fucking love and love to hate. Um, not sure if any, either of you guys have seen it. The uh, 1998 Shot for Shot in Color Psycho remake starring Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesch. No. Hysterically funny. Shot for Shot. The only difference in the entire movie is you can hear Vince Vaughn fapping at one point while he's watching Anne Hesch in a fucking shower. Shot for Shot in Color remake. Vince Vaughn is fucking um, Norman, Norman Bates. Bates. The sister... Anne Hesh's sister comes looking for her is played by Julianne Moore, and then the fucking detective that comes in later is played by William H. Macy. What? And the guy she's having an affair with at the beginning, Anne Hesh, is having an affair with is played by Viggo Mortensen. Oh, he's hot. This cast is fucking stacked. And this director, I don't even know who it was, said, I am going to take one of the most amazing and iconic films of all time. I'm going to put it in color... And I'm going to shot-for-shot remake it with a bunch of random-ass, like, famous acts, actors. And just... I mean, it was basically an experiment. And I fucking hate it. And I fucking love it at the same time. It is awful. It is almost unwatchable. But I love Vince Vaughn. So it's, like, hilarious. You know, the only other difference in the entire movie is that Anne Hesch, after her death scene, she falls over the side of the tub and you get a full-on shot of her butthole. <laughs> like, it's an overhead shot, and you get, like, a long, long shot of just her straight-up butthole. And you don't see that in the original. You can, like, see her butthole? No, her actual asshole. Like, you can see <laughs> the actual puckered butthole of Anne Hesh. Rest in peace. Um, How can you say rest in peace after that? Well, because rest in peace, but I've seen her butthole. Um... She decided to be in this movie. I don't know why they decided to show her butthole, but they did. And I had Creative to see Creative choice. <laughs> I don't know. I did a lot of weird shit in art school. I can't judge. Yeah, so uh, it was, I just, anyone who hasn't seen that movie, like, honestly, don't. But also go watch it, because it's fucking hilarious. You're sending me really mixed signals, babe. I know, it's weird. I don't want anybody to come at me and be like, why the fuck did I watch this movie? It was the dumbest thing ever. Because it is, but also, like... Somebody remade an Alfred Hitchcock film. Like, get out of my face with that shit. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So that is Funny Games. Uh, we, oh, go ahead. We are so excited that you guys have been listening, whether this is your first episode with us or you've been here since the beginning. It means so much to us. Ten episodes. It's amazing. I'm so excited that we even have people that listen, let alone so many people I know personally, um, that Casey knows personally. It yes. just really warms my heart. Um, and I'm so excited that for our 10th episode, we could have such a special friend here, Katie. Yes. Um, it's been amazing having you. And, oh, my God, I just love you so yeah. much. And it's so cool how our lives have, like, gotten us here, you know? Yeah, it's... All the paths crossed in, like, such crazy ways. Yeah, thanks for bringing us together, because, like, wow, what a duo me and Jess are. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you both so much, and I just want to say that you guys are welcome for this podcast, because it wouldn't be a thing without me. It's so. true. Yeah, thank you. Every all the Credit where credit is due, yes. okay? <laughs> I guess my speech wasn't enough. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> for being on here Katie it was such a blast thank you um, for having me yes uh next week Jess and I are gonna have an extra long episode for you and by that I mean extra long because we are gonna be covering both X and Pearl and Pearl and I am so excited I'm so excited we're gonna go through both movies um we're gonna talk about both of them individually and as a cohesive um Anybody who hasn't seen these movies, first of all, X is literally, like, debatable as my favorite movie that has come out in 2022, and goddamn, as horror fans, we have been eating good this year. Yes. This will go down in history as one of the greatest years for horror. I truly believe that so many original and wonderful films have come out this year, 
And on with me saying that, I will say X may be my favorite that has come out this year. It is such a fucking good film. And if anybody who doesn't know about it, um, starring Mia Goth, they filmed, uh, directed by Ty West, um, they secretly filmed the prequel to X called Pearl, also starring Mia Goth at the same time. Um, X was just released in January. Pearl just came out like last week. Um, please go see it. It's so fucking good. And oh. the cinematography is like, this is the first movie I've seen in a really long time that gave me that actual late 70s, early 80s yes. Texas Chainsaw look and feel and lighting and scenery. Like, it brought me back to, like, movies that I loved to watch when I was a kid truly. that truly got me into horror. Like, it was, it a was perfect everything. Yes. And Brittany Snow. Oh, she's You're so my good. bitch. And then, Kid um, Cuddy was so good in that movie. Hot. And then the dad from The Ring is also in it, which we talked about earlier in this episode. Because Naomi Watts is in it. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. we should... We're, we're getting too far. Yes, uh, so please, we're gonna so we're going to do that <laughs> next week. Um, we're super excited about that. Um, we also, I've been seeing a lot of new movies this year, so later on in the schedule this, uh, in the next couple weeks, we're also going to be reviewing both Barbarian, which I saw, so fucking creepy and good, and we're also going to review Don't Worry Darling, um, which is more thriller, psychological thriller kind of horror, but definitely horror enough to cover. Um, so we'll be covering those in the future. Go see horror movies in theaters, because the more you guys see them in theaters, the more good horror that comes out, and I have loved this year for horror. I am... I, I think we picked a great year to start doing this. Yes. Because there's just so much fun happening right now. Yes. I'm I mean, so along for the ride. If you go to the AMC, um, one of the AMCs around here, uh, there's like three major poster things that are outside, and they change with the movies that are in there. And the three posters that are outside right now are Pearl, Barbarian, and Don't Worry Darling. That's three horror movies that are the three major releases that they have right now. I'm we hoping, couldn't ask for more as horror fans. Well, I'm hoping that maybe this genre won't be slighted in all the award shows this year. Uh, I hope so. Those award it would shows just be really nothing. incredible, though, just to see like them get a little bit of recognition that they deserve. Florence Pugh deserves all the awards. Yes. Mia Goth deserves even more. Oh, honestly, uh, she's incredible. Uh, but we're going to get into that more next week. So look forward to that. It's going to be a real long episode for you guys. Um, but other than that, like Jess said, we're just, we love all the support and keep listening. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to on Apple podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen, please rate and review. Um, always feel free to reach out to us. Email is still deeperscreeperspod at gmail. And please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deepers Creepers because we please. got good content and we always update you guys on the schedule and we post cool pictures and you can see the pictures of the cool chocolates that Jess brought over for us. Yeah. They're going to post those. They're adorable. Oh, and one quick last shout out. So our very first guest we ever had on the podcast, Kelsey. It's yes. her birthday today. Happy birthday, Kelsey. So, happy birthday. So, we record on Mondays, so uh, this won't come out till Friday, but you guys can all wish her a happy belated birthday in the comments or something, wherever. But tell her happy birthday, because, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and we look forward to getting deep and creeping with you guys next week. Ooh. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Did you get those eyes?